This is Grumpy SEO Guy, episode 16. How I would do SEO on a brand new website. You're listening to Grumpy SEO Guy, the SEO podcast that doesn't waste your time with nonsense that doesn't work. I'm the Grumpy SEO Guy, and I'm sharing with you the strategies that have helped me successfully run my SEO agency for the last 14 years. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my knowledge and experience, discussing tips and strategies, and trying to help you cut through the confusion that permeates this industry. If you listen to this podcast, you will know more about SEO than 99% of people on the planet. Ready? Let's get started. I'm the Grumpy SEO Guy. Let me tell you why I'm grumpy today. I'm grumpy today because people always think they know a lot about SEO, but they don't actually know how to do it. They don't actually know how to put it all together. In this episode, I'm going to walk you through how I would do SEO for a brand new website. And when I say brand new website, I mean a website that was just recently created and that has no SEO done to it yet. But before we do that, my lawyer tells me that I have to say this right now. A quick disclaimer before we get started, everything I say here is based on my experience and opinion from 14 years in the industry. I don't officially know how Google or any other search engines work. Everything I say here is hypothetical and based on my experience. This podcast does not constitute advice or services. What worked for me may or may not work for you. Okay, back to the show. So I wanna tell you before we go any further that I like getting a client like that. For example, If a client comes to us, maybe they're a startup company, maybe they're a brand new business, maybe they just haven't really done any SEO on their domain yet. I like getting that kind of client. Why? Because it means we don't have to undo any of the bad SEO that some other SEO agency did. I've mentioned this before, but it's not surprising to me how often a client will come to us and say, look, we've worked with like two other SEO agencies before you, and they didn't even do anything. You know, we worked with them for six months. We worked with them for a year and they, they literally did nothing. We didn't get any ranking increase at all. I'm not even surprised when I hear that because so many SEO agencies and so many consultants are scammers. So I like it when we get a client that has not had a single thing done with regard to SEO because it means we can do everything the proper way. And you know what? It gets awesome results. Okay, so I'm gonna be kind of high level in this episode and we're gonna talk about four things. We're gonna talk about keyword research. We're gonna talk about competitor analysis. We're gonna talk about how to put content on your website and how quickly to put content on your website. And we're gonna talk about building backlinks to your website. And to go into more depth on that last one, we're going to talk about how quickly and when you should build backlinks. Now, all those things that I just said, okay, keyword research, competitor analysis, putting content on your website, and the speed of backlink building. It's going to be very high level, okay? I'm not going to give you exact specifics. You must do it exactly this way because there is no exactly this way. But more importantly, if you understand the principles and the concepts that I'm explaining in this episode, you will know how to do it in the future, okay? Have you ever heard the saying, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, feed him for the rest of his life? Okay, first of all, I don't really like that saying because I feel like it's frequently used by selfish people as a reason for why they don't wanna help you. Like, they're not trying to help you by 
not giving you a fish. They just don't want to give you a fish. And so they say, oh, if I give you a fish, then you'll eat for a day. But if I teach you to fish, you'll eat for a lifetime. But then they don't even teach you how to fish either. They just don't want to help you. And they're blaming it on that saying. That's why I don't like that saying. Make no mistake. The saying is true, but I don't like the way it's used because it's generally used as an excuse for selfishness and laziness. But I, <laughs> but I don't, I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm doing here. I'm not giving you the exact specifics, but I'm teaching you a concept for how to do it. So maybe you could say, I'm giving you a fish while I'm teaching you how to fish. So not only do you eat today, but you'll know how to eat every day for the rest of your life. Okay. So we're going to be very high level because it's important that you understand these concepts. And if I were to just, okay, let me put it another way. Have you ever had somebody try to explain something to you and they just teach you all of this stuff, but you don't know why you're doing any of the things that they're teaching you? For example, maybe you felt that way about math class in high school or college or university or whatever. And you were learning these complicated formulas to do things, but you didn't know why you were doing them. You just memorized formulas and what to do to the numbers, but you didn't actually know why you were doing anything. You're just like, okay, like that drives me nuts. So I'm gonna teach you the concepts of why you need to do things a certain way. And then in future episodes, we might go more into specifics about exactly how to do the things in specific scenarios with exact numbers and figures and all the data that everybody wants. But the data is useless if you don't understand the theory. Okay, enough ranting. Let's get started. Okay, so let's assume, like I said, for this example, that we have a brand new website recently created Maybe it's got, you know, maybe it's got like a placeholder page on it. Maybe they wrote like coming soon and like that's all that's on it, okay? And that's it. There's no SEO. There's not really any content. There's no backlinks. Okay, none of the stuff. Okay, this is how I would do it if a client came to me and said, hey, we have our domain, but we don't really have the website set up yet. How should we move forward? This is how I would do it. And by the way, this is very close to how we do it with clients. I'm just saying that it's not exactly the same because this is like a hypothetical example that I just made up. So the first thing that we have to do is keyword research. Now, remember, this is going to be very high level. Okay, with keyword research, you only have to look for two main things. The first thing you have to look for is keywords that have a high monthly search volume. Okay, what does that mean? That means a lot of people are searching for those keywords every month. Let me explain why this is important. Let's say you find a keyword and you think it's a great keyword. And by the way, the reason I mention this is because most clients have in their mind somewhere what they think are great keywords. And like, usually they're the worst keywords. <laughs> like, <laughs> just no. I mean, it's a good starting point, but honestly, like, no. Okay, so anyways, let me, <laughs> and I'll like, this will, this will tell you the reasons. Okay, the reason you want a high number of monthly searches is because Let's say you have a great keyword or you think it's a great keyword, but it only gets 10 searches per month. I'm just, I'm just picking a low number, 10 searches per month. Okay, now you spend all of this effort and all of this money to SEO your website for that keyword. And you know what? You are ranking in the first position. You're number one in a search for that keyword, okay? But that keyword only gets 10 searches per month. Now, this will differ based on whose research you're reading but you can normally think of the first result in a search for anything getting about 30% of the clicks, okay? So that means the keyword we're using with 
10 monthly searches, if you're all the way in the top position and you're the best ranking website, you're gonna get three visitors per month from that keyword, okay? Do you wanna rank for a keyword that gets you three visitors per month? Actually, let me say that differently. Do you want to put forth effort to rank for a keyword that gets you three visitors per month? No. Now, if you're ranking for a keyword that gets you three visitors per month, like who cares, that's awesome. But I'm saying you shouldn't concentrate on keywords like that because it's not gonna be worth your time and it's not gonna be worth your money. Now, let's say there's another keyword that gets maybe a thousand searches per month. Okay, now you're at the top of the search engines for that keyword. Okay, awesome. Now you're probably going to get about 300 visitors from that. Well, that's a lot better, isn't it? Now, before we go any further, I wanna say that high monthly search volume will really depend on the industry, okay? In some industries, you might find a lot of keywords with like 100,000 monthly searches, okay? And in other industries, you might find some keywords that have like maybe 10,000, maybe 100, you know, it depends. So there's no like specific numbers that you look for, but you always want the higher ones, okay? The second part of the theory that you need to understand is this. You want keywords that have low competition. Now, later on, we might dive into exactly how to find monthly searches because there are tools that give you this information. And we might explore how to determine what exactly makes competition, okay? Because there are different tools that give you different competition uh, coefficients, let's say, okay? But for now, you don't need to know how to do that. You need to understand that it is an important thing to look for. And you want to look for low competition. Okay, so what you preferably want to do is find keywords that have high monthly search volume and low competition. Now, these don't exist very often because as soon as there's a new high monthly search volume keyword, people wanna rank for it because the higher you rank for a high monthly search volume keyword, the greater number of viewers your website is going to get. So they don't exist for very long when you have one that is high monthly search volume and low competition. In fact, I would say that you might not even find one of those keywords in every project you do, but when you find them, use them, they're awesome. With that said, correct keyword selection comes down to high monthly search volume and low-ish competition. Okay, now that doesn't mean that you should avoid any keywords that aren't low competition. It just means low competition is easier than high competition. You might have some medium competition keywords. You might have some high competition keywords. Just know it's going to take more time and more money to rank for those, okay? Low competition keywords, as I mentioned on a previous episode, we ranked somebody, we, we ranked a client for one key. Like, remember how I said clients always think they have the best keywords, but like normally they don't? We had a client who was like obsessed with this one keyword that got zero monthly searches, but he was, it was such a big deal. He like had to rank or he didn't have to rank for it, but he had to outrank his competitor that he hated, long story, for this one particular keyword. It had zero monthly searches. It had like basically no competition with one backlink and I think two or three days, we got him to the top of the search engines for that keyword. Now, was there a reason to do that? No, because it got zero monthly search volume. But I'm just using this to explain the fact that low competition is generally much simpler to rank for than high competition. Okay, so your optimal keyword selection is going to be high-ish monthly search volume and low-ish competition. Now, when we're working with a client, we usually come up with a list of keywords. 
and we will have, it's, it's like a, we use a spreadsheet and we have the keywords in one column and then the next column is monthly searches and then the next column is difficulty. And then we kind of select the ones that look like they might be realistic to do. For example, maybe this one has like a ton of searches and it's awesome, but it looks like it's gonna be, you know, it's pretty high competition. Okay, well that one might take a little bit longer. Here's another one that has almost as many monthly searches, but it's medium competition. Okay, let's focus on that one. Cause you know, medium competition isn't really that bad, for a high monthly search volume keyword and so on. Here's one that's low competition, but you know what? It doesn't really get that many monthly searches, but you know what? It still gets a decent number of monthly searches. So let's go ahead and do that one too. And we'll come up with a whole bunch of keywords, you know, depending on what exactly the client has in mind and what their budget is and all that stuff. So the concept that you need to understand is ideally you want high monthly search volume, low competition, but you're rarely gonna find that. So what you need to do is combine them and come up with a list of keywords that look feasible to rank for. Don't only pick the high competition ones cause it's gonna take forever and your client's probably gonna get annoyed with you for taking so long, no matter how many times you explain to them that SEO takes a long time. And don't be a scammer and only pick super low competition keywords with no monthly search volume. So you can say, you're at the top of the search engines now, we're such a good SEO company, but um, they're not getting any visitors. So good job, you didn't really help them at all. Anyways, if you understand these two concepts for keywords, you will understand how to actually do keyword research once you start jumping in and using some tools. It's pretty straightforward and that's all you need to know. Okay, one more thing I wanna say about keyword research right now. I know I said I wasn't really gonna go into the tools, but there's one tool that I wanna mention, and it's only because I realized I haven't mentioned it yet on an episode. Um, I've talked about, you know, Ahrefs, I've talked about Majestic, I've talked about SEMrush. Those are great tools, great tools. There's a keyword tool that I use sometimes, and I just wanna clarify right now. First of all, this is not a sponsored mention. I'm not getting paid to mention them, okay? They literally don't even have any idea that I'm mentioning them. I'm only mentioning them because I've used them for like six or seven years at this point, and I think it's a really good tool. So anyway, the tool is called keysearch.co or keysearch.co, depending on how you believe that TLD should be pronounced anyway. Keysearch, K-E-Y-S-E-A-R-C-H dot C-O. Um, I've been using this for a long time. Give some great keyword suggestions, competition values. I'm not saying only use this tool as I've mentioned in other episodes. I use a few of the big SEO tools and I combine them into a spreadsheet so that I can get a composite picture of what the case might be for a given domain or keyword or whatever. But anyway, the reason I'm mentioning keysearch.co or keysearch.co, whatever you wanna call it, is because it's affordable. All the other tools that I've talked about are pretty expensive. Keysearch.co, it only does keyword research. Okay, it doesn't do any of that other stuff, but you know what? It's a fraction of the price of the other SEO tools. So I think they have a free trial too. Again, I'm not being paid to promote it. They don't know that I'm talking about it. This isn't a sponsored mention. I'm only mentioning it because I like it and because I've used it for like the last six years. There's one other thing. Uh, okay, I guess I'll include it now. The third thing that you kind of got to look at is something called searcher intent. Okay, so there's two reasons that people search for something on the internet. One is because they want to learn and two is because they want to do, okay? For example, and I'm gonna keep this very high level, but for example, let's say your website is selling something. It's selling blue widgets. You're, you, have a, you have a blue widget store and you're selling blue widgets, okay? 
your ideal visitor is probably somebody who is ready to buy blue widgets. So you wanna focus on ranking for keywords that people search for when they're ready to buy. If somebody is trying to learn about blue widgets, they wanna know how blue widgets work. They wanna know how much blue widgets cost. They wanna know how are blue widgets made. Those are a different set of keywords and those people are not ready to buy. Those people want to learn. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't focus on both. You should. In fact, a good website, you can make the case, should have a part that gives information about the thing and a part that lets them buy the thing. But I'm just saying, this is kind of connected to a different topic um, of conversion optimization, which is not part of SEO, with the one exception being if you're ranking for keywords, but they're not the right keywords, okay? Like I said, you're trying to sell things, but you're only ranking for keywords that people who want to get information are searching for. But that's, you know what, if that sentence didn't make sense, we're, don't worry about it, we're going to uh, we're gonna focus on that in a future episode. So, that's all you need to know. Don't even, you know what, don't even worry about search intent for now. Just, <laughs> just think, high monthly search volume, low competition, okay, pretty easy. And trust me, and look, you might already know that. You might be like, yeah, obviously, <laughs> of course it would be that. Okay, good, then you're ready for the next step which is actually using SEO tools to pick the keywords, but we're not gonna talk about that now. Okay, the next thing is competitor analysis. Um, so again, there's various tools that do different things. And generally speaking, SEO is really a matter of doing what your competition does, but doing it better, okay? Like for example, we all know that authority is the reason that websites rank. So you want to get more authority than your competition. Now, it doesn't exactly work that way. There's not specific numbers. And this kind of like annoys some people, but like, but there's no way to be like, this website has an authority of 50. And I'm just, I'm just randomly picking numbers here. That doesn't mean anything. So therefore, if we get our website to 51, we will outrank them. Like, it doesn't work that way. I mean, <laughs> you can, you can think of it that way, but it doesn't work that way. Okay. Um, it doesn't work that way. If you perceive it to work that way, that's fine. Like, but it's not like, I'm. we're beating them by one authority point. Now we outrank them. Oh, it doesn't work that way. But what you need to know is this. You need to kind of get a feel for how, how, is your, how has your competition done things? How many backlinks do they have? What kind of websites do their backlinks come from? What kind of authority do they have? How often do they post new content? How many pages do they have indexed on their website? And that kind of thing. Now, let me, let me say this because I wanna be completely clear about this. When I say competition, I'm not referring to businesses that sell similar products or services to what you sell. Okay, that's not what competition means in SEO. Competition refers to the websites that are ranking for the keywords that you want to use, okay? Now, they may actually be other websites that are selling the same products or services as you. They might be, but you know what? They might not, okay? For example, sometimes Wikipedia is one of your competitors. Wikipedia is not selling anything. Maybe you're selling a thing and when somebody searches for it, Wikipedia is the number one result. Well, Wikipedia has a lot of authority, so it makes perfect sense that they would rank for that keyword, but they're not trying to sell anything, but you know what? They're still your competition because they're in the number one spot for the keyword that you wish to rank for, okay? That's what competition means. So, and remember, we're keeping this high level for now. You need to look and see how much authority 
do your competitors have? And your competitors are the people who rank for the keywords that you want to rank for. How much authority do they have? And the different tools will all give you a different representation of authority. It's not, it's not a problem, okay? We're not, we're not gonna dig into the tools right now. You just need to know that this is a thing you need to look for. You should also look at your competitors. You should look at their websites. You should see what kind of backlinks do they have? Do they have 10 backlinks? Do they have 100, 1,000, 10,000? How many referring domains do they have? How authoritative are those referring domains? These are the things that matter, by the way. The stuff that I just told you, that's what you need to look at. You already know this, that content doesn't really matter when it comes to ranking and authority is what matters. But the things that I'm telling you right now, that's one way to determine authority. That's what provides authority. Those backlinks from authoritative domains, that's the reason they have authority. And I know you know this, I'm just reminding you. Okay, so you need to look at that. And here's another thing, and I'm gonna give this example because I said specifically in this case, we are talking about a website that is brand new. Okay, what does a brand new website need? It needs content, obviously. Um, I'm gonna come back to this in a minute, but this is something that you might wanna do. Look at your competition, see how many web pages each of them has indexed in the search engines. And if you remember how to do that, on Google, for example, you type site, S-I-T-E, then a colon, then you put the domain, no space between the colon and the domain, then you hit enter. And then it will tell you about so many results, like at the top. That's how many pages are indexed. Why is this important? All else being equal, and this is, this is my rule. I don't know if this is an official search engine rule. Of course, nobody knows how the search engines officially work anyway, but this is, this is my rule. All else being equal, bigger websites are better, okay? And there's a couple reasons that this might be the case. Um, it's not always the case. Look, I'm not saying that you need a bigger website than your competition to outrank them. I'm just saying, generally speaking, it helps. Okay, now, why is this important? Let's talk about it a little bit. A long time ago, around 2009, there is a concept of something called a thin site or a thin content, thin content site, whatever you want to call it. And I'm not sure if the meaning of that has changed since then. So let me tell you how we used to use that term. A thin site or thin content was a domain that had like one or two pages total, okay? Usually it was a sales page and then an order page. So it was like, you know, you would search for something and you'd land on this website and you would scroll down, you know, cause it helped, you, you remember like the super long sales pages, like you'd scroll down the super long sales page. And then if you decided you wanted to buy it, you click buy or whatever at the bottom. And then it takes you to a second page where you buy the thing. Okay, and that was all that was on the website. So the search engines obviously were like, hey guys, these websites are garbage. They're only two pages. They're just selling nonsense. They're not really, you know, contributing anything to anybody. Let's not weight as heavily these small, thin content sites. So that's how the story goes, okay? I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. I'm not even saying that actually happened. I'm just saying smaller websites don't really compete as well with larger websites. And there's another reason to. Now, I'm gonna explain this to you. I can't, this rule, I don't like this rule at all. And I'm not telling you this because I think it's good. I'm telling you this because it's what you need to do. So 
there's something called freshness. Some people also call it newness, but like freshness, you can call it freshness. And it refers to the fact that search engines like newer content, okay? So all else being equal, the website that posts more recent content will probably rank better. Now, I'm saying all else being equal, okay? That doesn't mean that if one website has a lot of authority and one website doesn't have a lot of authority, that it's gonna make a difference, okay? I'm saying all else being equal. Let me, let me just, let me just give you a short little explanation of why I don't like this. It is possible that you could write everything there is to know about a topic, post it on the internet and be done, okay? Post it on your own website, okay? And then that website would just sit there and it would have all the information and it would be an amazing website and it would just sit there, but there would never be anything new posted on it. Why? Because it already has everything that everyone needs to know. It's perfect website, okay? The search engines don't like that. Even though the website is perfect and the content is perfect, but remember content is not king, the search engines don't like that. Now, that website has a competitor and this competitor doesn't really have the best quality information, but you know what? This competitor is publishing new blog posts every couple of days, maybe every week, maybe once a week, you know? And the search engines like that. That website, all else being equal, would probably outrank the first one, even though the first one has superior content. Why? Because freshness. I don't like that. I guess I understand why the search engines do it that way. And I'm only telling you this because we're going to talk about this in a little bit when we talk about how to put content on your brand new site. But look, um, just know that search engines like, you know, constantly publishing content. Let me give you another example. Have you ever like, have you ever discovered a website and maybe you're reading a lot of articles on it? Like it's a cool website. You're like, this website is awesome. I'm learning so much. And they're posting new content but you're feeling like the new content is the same as the old content. Now, I'm not saying it's duplicate content, okay? Don't duplicate content on your own website. Now, just a reminder, there's no such thing as a duplicate content penalty, okay? If there were, Lyric websites would all be penalized and medical journals would all be penalized because they all have exactly the same content on them, okay? There's no such thing as a duplicate content penalty unless you start duplicating content on your own website. The other cases you could be like our client, and I talked about this in another episode, we had a client once who made a copy of their own domain, an exact copy of their domain, and they put it on the same server and one of them disappeared from the search engine results because it was a duplicate content penalty. Um, but like, other than that, there's no such thing as a duplicate content penalty. So my point is they're posting the same things over and over again. It's not an exact copy. It's not like they're just pasting the same article. It's like the same ideas and they're, they're just telling you the same stuff, but they're phrasing it like a little bit differently each time. And you're like, I know this already. Why, why are you guys doing a separate article on the same thing? Do you wanna know why? They're playing by the freshness rule, okay? Search engines like websites that post new stuff, even when it doesn't help the reader. So anyway, I'm done complaining about that for now. So the reason I mention that is because in our hypothetical example, we're looking at how many pages are indexed in the competition. And we're talking about how more pages is generally better, all else being equal. So let me just give you some random numbers here just to go with this hypothetical situation, okay? Let's say that on average, 
your competition, they have 20 indexed pages, okay? I'm just, that's not a lot. I'm just picking, okay? I'm just picking a number, 20, 20 indexed pages. That means that you probably want to have between 25 and 30 pages on your site. But remember the freshness rule, we're not gonna post them all at once, but we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Now, why is this important? Well, if everybody, if every single one of your competitors has like 100 or 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 index pages, your website's probably gonna need more than 20 pages to compete with them. So not necessarily, okay? But just keep this in mind. There's a reason that they're all doing a thing and it seems to be working. So you might wanna kind of follow those guidelines and then do it better, like we said. Anyways, so let's say in this example that your competition has 20 index pages on average. Okay, you want to have between 25 and 30 pages on your site. So, Let's now talk about putting content on your site, this brand new site with like one page and no SEO. This is how I would do it. You can do it however you want. This is how I would do it. I would tell them, hey, you need between 25 and 30 pieces of content on your site or pages, whatever. You know, like that, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's just call them blog posts because what else do you wanna call them? Let's call them blog posts. Okay, so. This website needs, you know, somewhere from 25 to 30 pages. My preferred way of doing it would be this. I would definitely try to get the content done as quickly as possible. So you, I'm not saying publish it as quickly as possible. I'm saying make it as quickly as possible. So you have it when you need it. I would start by publishing five or 10 of them and just let the website sit. I would let it sit. Of course, I would make sure now that I put Google Analytics on it and any other things like that that you wanna do, okay? And I'd probably put Google Webmaster Tools on it, which, you know, depending on when you got into making websites, you may know it as Google Webmaster Tools. You may also call it Google Search Console, but you know what I mean. But you know, do that, make sure you have a sitemap on it, verify the ownership of your site. I'm not gonna explain how to do that right now, but you probably already understand how to do that. Okay, so this is what I would do. You got five or 10 pages on it so far. I would wait until they get indexed. Actually, okay, because somebody's gonna say, well, what if they don't get indexed? Okay, fair enough, they should. If it's a new website and your content is okay, they should get indexed. So basically, I would put five or 10 pages on it and then I would wait, I'd wait a month. Okay, it should be indexed in less than a month, but if it's not, then we just move on to the next part anyway. So remember, five or 10 pages, and we still have all the other content. We're just, it's not published yet. At that point, here's what I would do. And we're going to mix this now with the next part when we talk about how quickly to build backlinks. So I've mentioned this before, but one of the things that is very important when determining how quickly to build backlinks is this. How quickly are backlinks being built? Let me explain what I mean by that. For example, if we get a client Obviously, we're gonna check their backlinks. We're gonna see how many backlinks do they have, and we're going to look at how often do they get a new backlink. Let's say, for example, they're getting approximately five backlinks per week, just organically, it's just happening, okay? From references, you know, whatever, somebody's sharing the website, they're naturally getting five backlinks per week. In that case, our strategy would be very different than if they were getting, for example, 20 backlinks per week, or one backlink per week or 50 backlinks per week, okay? You wanna make sure everything looks natural. So let's say they're getting five backlinks per, per week. I'd probably, 
if it were me based on literally nothing else other than what I just told you, I'd probably start by building one or two backlinks every four or five days in addition to the ones they're already getting. Why? Because that's a modest increase that looks natural and will provide a decent amount of link juice. So in our case right now, our website has no backlinks. So how do we do it? Like I said, I'd wait a month or until every page becomes indexed. The next thing I would do is I would build one backlink. Now, we're assuming that you either have your own private blog portfolio or you have access to an SEO agency that has a private blog portfolio. Okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to episode one. And if you wanna learn how to do it, go listen to episodes three, four, and five. And if you wanna learn why that's the best way to do it and you shouldn't rely on things like link outreach and guest posting, go listen to episode 14. So look, at the end of the month or as soon as they're all indexed, I would build one backlink to one of the pages. And then I would begin to publish the additional content. And I would probably, let's say, okay, let's say the competition has approximately 20 pages indexed and they're just, they're just static. They're not releasing new content. And you know, many people won't like people make, have you ever done this? Have you ever made a new website and you're like so excited for it? And then you just kind of quit like working on it, you know, and you just stop putting new stuff on it. That's what a lot of people do. So 20 pages index, you know, that's cool. But they might not, you know, be posting anything recently either. So that's fine too. Anyways, I would start posting one new piece of content every five days to one week. So every five or seven days, basically. And there's no problem. You can have a regular content posting schedule, okay? You can literally go, if you, let's say you're using WordPress, for example, you can literally go into WordPress, upload all your content and tell it when it should appear on your site, okay? You can do this all at once and then it will just automatically post on those days. Nothing wrong with that. But I would continue to build backlinks. And in this case, I would build one backlink. Okay, to start, I would build one backlink and then I would probably wait four or five days and then I would build the next backlink. And then remember, I've talked about this before, but you don't wanna build backlinks evenly. Like content publishing, if you do that on a regular basis, totally fine. Like every, every two days or every seven days, whatever, that's totally fine. But backlinks, if you receive backlinks at like regularly scheduled days, that looks weird and suspicious. That would probably never happen in real life, okay? So I build a backlink and then I wait, you know, four or five days and then I'd build another backlink. I'd probably wait, I'd probably wait another four or five days. And then I'd probably build another backlink. And then I'd, I'd probably wait, you know, I'd probably wait four days and then I'd build two on the same day. And then, you know, I would probably, I'd probably wait three or four days and then I'd build another one and so on like that. Why are we going slow like that? Because this is a new website and it would seem a bit peculiar if it got a whole lot of backlinks out of nowhere and then nothing. So, I would go slowly like that. Anyway, that's how I would handle the situation. And I think in this case, at the end of, you know, two or three or four months, I think that website would be probably on the first page of the search engines, okay? This is assuming that the competition isn't super high. We're, again, we're just using some like random values here. And like, like I said, this is very high level, but I would expect based on what I've told you that you would not necessarily at the top, but you would probably be on the first page 
within two or probably, probably not two or three, probably three or four months if you follow that guideline. Anyway, I hope that made sense. Like I said, this is all just very kind of high level because we're discussing theory because you need to understand the theory so that when you actually start doing something, it makes sense. In this episode, if I had been like, okay, so the first thing that you do is log into this tool and then you want to search for a keyword and you want to make sure that the competition is between this and this and that there's this many monthly searches and that's all I told you, you'd be like, uh, okay, then what? Like, why? That doesn't make any sense. But now you understand why, so that in the future, when we talk about how to do it, you'll be like, oh yeah, I totally get why we're doing this and now I know how to do it. And you'll be a much more effective search engine optimization consultant or specialist or whatever. Um, Anyway, that's it. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. I hope this episode is helpful. And if you have any questions or if there's anything that you want me to talk about on a future episode, you can email me at hello at grumpyseoguy.com and I'll talk to you later. You're listening to Grumpy SEO Guy, the SEO podcast that doesn't waste your time with nonsense that doesn't work. Join us next Wednesday when we talk about how to fix 100% of SEO problems. 